0: Thursday, February 24th. We're giving you a lockout update for the 982nd time. God, this is getting uh, tiresome, but oh well. We are also gonna tell you who's holding us up. We're gonna give you a a quick bio blast on the 30 owners in Major League Baseball so we can blame them and uh, they make enough money for us to make fun of them. Uh, I've also got some niche over-unders, but first, Peter Apple. Hi.
1: Hey. I agree, 983rd time I think we're at right now. And I get somewhat tired of it. And by somewhat, I mean all the way. But I am kind of excited to lift the curtain on who's holding us up here. Because that makes the conversation a little bit more fun. Because you get to hear, how many billions are they making? How much money have they made since they bought the team? Spoiler alert, it's a lot of freaking money. And we're going to talk about it
0: a ton of money uh and they stink because they are penny pinching uh relative to what they have and we're looking at some of the smaller market guys that you know might have a net worth of 400 million dollars and you know like relatively speaking that's not a lot of money but uh if we're talking about the grand scheme jesus dude just like pay these minor leaguers come on you have 400 million dollars
1: and if we're talking about the American League, there's one owner with a net worth less than $1 billion. There's one.
0: There's one. There's two in the National League, I want to say. Maybe three. Uh, I've got the NL. You've got the AL. I've got those three niche over-unders. Uh, I'm coming to you from the Delta Hotel in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Um, and that's my life update right now. Oh, no, I've got another life update. I don't know why I keep going to first take thinking that I'm going to see quality content. Yeah. I don't know why you do that either. I stopped watching first
1: take. I mean, like halfway into Max Kellerman, 2018. It's unwatchable. It's just yelling. And I love them individually. Like I'm, I know not a lot of people are, but I'm a big fan of Chris Russo and I'm a, I'm a big fan of Stephen A, but I, I can't watch it. It's, it's not sports. It's pop culture with, they're just using names of quarterbacks to tell a story.
0: Yeah. So here's the thing about first take. Like I haven't I haven't voluntarily turned it on in, in several years. I'm with you. But uh, when I'm whenever I'm on the bus, they have ESPN on at like full volume. So I was on the bus going to shoot around this morning and I had to sit there for first take. And it was Stephen A. Smith and Jay Williams, who individually I both really respect both right? of them.
1: Individually, so, they're great, but yeah, they're it's great. like
0: but they're sitting here yelling at each other about the NBA Mount Rushmore. Who's on the Mount Rushmore in the NBA? And I'm like, how many times how many have they done times, that? Yeah. How many times have I seen a certain iteration of this exact conversation? That's just and I mean, like
1: we're in a lockout and we're at least, you know, giving you something new on the baseball sphere every single day, or at least we're trying our best. There's probably some points that, you know, we go over multiple times to kind of emphasize them. But imagine if we just had Mike Trout versus Juan Soto four days a week for two hours.
0: Right. Well, one day we could do OBP and then the other day we could do slugging. And then uh, the third day we could do OPS is kind of like a compilation of the both of them. Um, yeah, no, it, it was it was super crappy. And then I'm getting off the bus and I hear them throw to break and they were talking about Stephen A's radical change uh, that he has in mind for the NBA dunk contest. And he said, and uh, Molly Karam was like throwing a break and said, What does Stephen A uh, have in store to change America's pastime in reference Gross. to the dunk contest? It's like what the are we worst doing? of all time. What, I'm, like, I'm a what Knicks are we fan. Doing? It was
1: great to see Obi Toppin win it. But I mean, what are we talking about, Na- Na- Nation's pastime? Are you talking about which event drives the highest ratings for ESPN? And if it is the dunk contest driving those high ratings, I, it isn't. No way. <laughs> just like, no way it is.
0: Well, but it's not on ESPN. It's it's on TNT. So like, why are you committing so much time to the dunk contest when it just doesn't deserve time if it's not on your air? But that's beside the point. We can talk about baseball now. Um, owners have met in the parking lot. Players have met in the parking lot. I've seen Max Scherzer gesturing. They're meeting again today for the fourth time this week. Things are starting to pick up. Uh, were yes, you expecting are. that they would pick up quicker than they are?
1: I was expecting them to pick up as much as they are currently. I expected each day for them to make at least momentum towards somewhat of a deal. And I, I'd say, what yard line do you think they're at when it comes to a deal? I would say right now they're at the 40 yard line, the opposite 40 and they got 60 yards to go.
0: Yeah. I'd say they're at like, The 35, maybe they got backed up with a false start penalty. It's first and 15 at their own 35. Holding.
1: Holding. Uh, Legit holding.
0: Yeah, you could do. How about delay of game?
1: I think holding. Because it's the worst penalty. And when I heard that they're in different rooms talking to themselves, game planning for a meeting that they had two months to game plan for, holding.
0: Yeah, see, that's why I think delay of game it's like delay of game on the first play of the drive. Like you had the, you had the entire media timeout to concoct something and you just can't get the snap off in 40 seconds.
1: That's interference. Maybe.
0: Uh, no. Cause that would, that would advance the ball. The ball is not being advanced. It's being pulled back right now, but yeah, I like, <laughs> I think they are um, getting, getting For the away from the technicalities. Yeah. <laughs> um, getting away from the technicalities, you know, I think this is pretty on par with what I was thinking too. Um, I don't want anybody to think that Friday at three o'clock, you're going to see breaking major league baseball has reached a deal with the players union. Cause that I just hate to be Debbie Downer, you know, Jeff Passan already tweeted out the Debbie Downer gift. Like that's just not going to happen. I think we're going to have the conversations again next week. And then, Maybe first week of March, we're going to get something, but it's not going to come out of nowhere. We're going to know like three days in advance. They're zeroing in. Let's get there. Um, the competitive Do I do think that they're going to times, zero
1: in this week. I do think that they're going to zero in this week. I, I, I I'm not saying we're going to come to a deal on Friday, but I think it's, it's a, maybe a little bit too much of a Debbie Downer coming from you being like, we're never reaching a deal Friday. No, like we don't know. We don't know for sure. We are speculating. You don't know for sure. We it could come to at least closer of some sort of agreement. Not no way. And then maybe we'll play game June 2023. Maybe not. I don't care. That's how you sound.
0: You make me sound like an asshole.
1: I just want to I just want to watch baseball. I don't yeah, want I don't want my freaking boy just across the mic being like, just don't get excited. This sucks. I hate it. You know what? Maybe they'll come to a closer of an agreement bri- by Friday, and then it'll take another week, maybe two weeks, then we'll get a deal done. That's how I'm feeling. I'm ready for 162.
0: Would you mind shipping me some of your optimism? Yes. Breathe into a breathe into a water bottle and send it via FedEx. Yeah, just like anything. Um, yeah, like, here's the thing. I don't want people to think that I'm like, oh, we're not playing because they're going to play. They're going to play probably – I set the number at 140 games. I think Major League Baseball plays 140 games this year. I would love to think they play 162, but I haven't thought they're going to play 162. I would like for that number to be 155. I would like for that number to be worst-case scenario 150. I just don't know if we're going to get to that point. I think once they realize that the start of the season is not happening on April 1st, they're going to kick their ass into high gear. And that's coming soon. It's not coming this week, but it might come end of next week when they start to say, ah, shit, we got to get this done like in the next five days for us to really save our ass. And, and I hope they do. Um, and when they're ready to when they're ready to do it, let's do it. But we've got a ton of college baseball. We've got a ton of minor league baseball to watch and uh, it'll be good. But let's talk about the villains in this story. And but before no
1: argument, we do that. Let's plug where they can go listen to those different outlets. So we have our new fantasy baseball podcast slash gambling podcast, not gambling advice, which is one of our podcasts you can find on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on YouTube. Also, we have the call-up hosted by Arm Layton. That's the MLB Prospects pod. He's helping you get the great cards sponsored by eBay. Get those cards on eBay. He had two really good ones, but to find those, you got to go listen to that podcast. Also, Boys of Spring, our new college baseball podcast. We'll put the link in the description of this episode, College Baseball, hosted by Pete Flaherty, Ryan Miller, and Ben Velotti It's going be a great college baseball podcast that keeps you updated on college baseball throughout the season. And then, of course, the just baseball show where the boys are just talking shop. I'm trying to make sure Jack doesn't, you know, kill my vibe too much. And now let's talk about the owners who are holding all of this up.
0: Yeah, I am uh, absolutely brutal to Peter's mental health, but let's talk about it. We're going to go, uh, we're going to alternate here. So I'm going to start in the NL East. You can start in the AL East. Um, I'll give you my quick blurb, and then you can follow with a blurb on those guys. And, you know, it's not like we can really have dialogue about these guys, about their venture capital funds. So uh, I'm just going to give you we'll try. how they made their money, <laughs> how much money they have, uh, and why it's pointless that they're holding this shit up as much as they are. Starting with the Atlanta Braves, they are owned by Liberty Media. That is a mass media company with ownership stakes in the Braves, in SiriusXM, and in Formula One. Their total assets are valued at $44 billion and the Braves are valued at $1.9 billion.
1: Give Freddie Freeman money.
0: But we weren't having dialogue. Give me the next team.
1: Well, I, I, I just, they got to give Freddie Freeman money. Correct. The, the Toronto Blue Jays are owned by Rogers Communications. Uh, their chairman, Edward Rogers, is worth $11.5 billion. And they bought the team for $165 million in 2000. And now it's currently valued at $1.625 billion. And Edward Rogers is the chairman of Rogers Communications and Rogers Bank and the director of the Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. Um, he got a lot of his money when he launched the wireless data at Rogers Wireless and also helped launch BlackBerry. So yeah, Rogers Communications in the great land of canada is doing pretty well pretty damn well
0: just fine steve cohen owns the mets hedge fund Yeah, manager. he's rich founder of Point 0.72 asset management he also buys expensive arts his net worth is estimated by bloomberg at 11.8 billion dollars i've seen the number creep up to 16 but i trust bloomberg cohen's got the money he's obviously burning that money
1: with the market he might have more than that by the time we come out with this episode so the rays are owned by Stuart sternberg who's worth a cool 800 million dollars he's not as wealthy as the other ones but 800 million is still pretty good and he bought the rays for 200 million in 2004 but the current evaluation of the tampa bay Rays is 1.05 billion dollars you may think down in the drop they're not worth much still worth a cool bill so sternberg he um he began on the wall street trading equity options um, hired by an investment group at Kellogg's before moving to Goldman Sachs and then just retired just an enormous banker who makes money. Like no, nobody's business.
0: Yeah. Phillies are owned by John Middleton old money there. He's the heir to the Philly tobacco and cigar throne sold his family's company in 2007 for 2.9 billion in cash. His net worth is currently $3.4 billion of which are going to Bryce Harper at the moment.
1: What about the Boston Red Sox owned by John Henry, who's worth $2.6 billion? He bought the Red Sox for $280 million back in 2002. What are they worth now? $3.3 billion. Funny enough, he started trading corn and soybean futures in his early 20s. Then he founded John W. Henry and Company and now owns the largest commodity brokerage firm in the United States of America. He's doing pretty well.
0: So, corn brokerage or what corn futures is Trade, that right?
1: Corn and soybean futures. I assume it's companies that deal in the manufacturing of corn and soybean and he was betting on them to do pretty well and now everything we eat has corn fructose, you know, syrup yeah. in it. Yeah. So, and, every, and then every, you know, vegetarian alternative is made with soy. Yeah. So everything we eat has John Henry written on all over it.
0: Yeah, 100%. That's like, how do we take something that's hunter-gatherer and make it not hunter-gatherer? I think, that's... <laughs>
1: And then just boil it down to a syrup and just inject it in Americans for five times the price.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bruce, Sherman... And then he buys
1: the Red Sox.
0: <laughs> and then he buys the Red Sox. Bruce Sherman is a broke boy. He's worth just $550 million. That peasant. Loser. Uh, he's the co-founder of the wealth management firm, Private Capital Management, or PCM. Uh, again, net worth estimated around $550 bucks. But he is the owner of the yacht Majestic, which is uh, worth $70 million. And what do you think the annual upkeep for Majestic is? How much do you I'm think gonna that guess,
1: costs? I'm going to guess $30 million a year.
0: No, God, no, God no. Four million
1: a year. Oh. oh, I thought it was gonna be nuts.
0: Well, it is four well, million dollars. Well, yeah, that is nuts. Four million a bucks a
1: year. I don't know. The way you were describing it, I thought it was the biggest yacht ever.
0: He bought it for 70 million dollars. <laughs> think about it. It's like what a floating do you mansion. 70 million
1: dollar boat. What if you we were like, oh, I'll just spend 30 million dollars on a boat? Is that enough?
0: Uh I think like just 10000 bucks on a boat is fine. Yeah,
1: I mean, you don't even need a boat anyway. Water's scary. Yeah, I don't really. I, right.
0: I actually don't need a boat. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't really need a boat. Orioles are owned by Peter Angelos, who's worth a cool two billion dollars. He bought it back in 1993 for 173 million, and say what you want about the Orioles, but they're worth 1.4 billion dollars. And Angelos was one of the biggest lawyers in Maryland, and he's won billions of dollars. In judgments against, I guess, a bunch of different industries, most notably the tobacco industry. Uh, but he's getting up there in age a little bit. He's ninety years old, but he's doing fine.
0: We got two tobacco guys.
1: Are you surprised?
0: No, like I just thought big tobacco is like you know a nineteen hundreds <laughs> thing.
1: They want to own baseball teams. Yeah,
0: I guess. Yeah. Um, the Lerner family owns the Washington Nationals. Mark is the acting principal owner of the Nationals. Uh, that is Ted Lerner's son. Ted and family, uh, real estate titans and investors in the D.C. area, they develop real estate. In 2019, Ted Lerner, the father, had a net worth of $5.3 billion, and they can't pay one freaking soda.
1: He's expensive, man.
0: Yeah, but you have $5 billion. <laughs>
1: Yeah, God, I hate them. All right. <laughs> the New York Yankees, they're owned by Hal Steinbrenner, formerly George Steinbrenner, and the family is worth a cool $3.8 billion. Fans of other teams besides the Yankees may not know that they bought this Yankees team for $10 million back in 1973, and they're now worth the second most of any franchise in the world, including soccer, at $5 billion, right behind the Dallas Cowboys. So it's Hal and Hank, but Hank unfortunately passed away on April 14th of last year. Um, they they got it in shipbuilding and a bunch of other companies that do millions and millions of dollars in sales. And unfortunately, also George Steinbrenner passed away in 2010. But Hal still running the show with a crap load of money and Granted, he you know the Yankees spend more than anybody else, but the fact that you know he's made about four point nine nine. How much money has he made from ten million to five billion?
0: Ten million to five billion is uh, yeah something like that.
1: Nine billion?
0: Yeah, I think Not so. Like nine nine or something. Um, Not bad. Yeah, talk about ROI, return on investment.
1: Also, the thing about the Yankees too is they make so much freaking money overseas just from apparel. Like the Yankee hat is is a brand and it represents the United States of America overseas. Like when I was, when I was studying abroad in Italy and, you know, we were going to a bunch of different countries, we saw Yankee hats everywhere. And I was interested. I went up to a couple of people. I'm like, Hey, do you, do you want, do you know what that hat means? It's like, um, I work for the New York Yankees. Um, I just love to hear your kind of story and nobody, not one of them, probably the four people I talked to ever said anything about the Yankees. It was just USA.
0: Yeah. Uh, what, what did Jay-Z say? I made the Yankee hat more famous than the Yankee game.
1: Then a Yankee can or a Yankee game.
0: I'm not sure. I thought it was then, than the, Yan- I don't know, but he, he made something. He, Jay-Z embodies the Yankee hat vibe. So that's that moving on to the NL central. You will do the AL central Tom Ricketts and the Ricketts family owns the Cubs. The dad, Joe was one of the first movers in online stock trading. Joe founded what's known as TD Ameritrade now. The Ricketts family as a whole is valued at $5.3 billion as of 2020.
1: Are they going to go get Cray? Or are they going to go to Italy on a trip?
0: Oh, God. I don't know. Maybe see Yankee hat over in Italy.
1: <laughs> Whatever's more relaxing. The Chicago White Sox are owned by Jerry Reinsdorf worth $1.7 billion. He bought them for $20 million in 1981. White Sox are now worth $1.65 billion. So Reinsdorf, real estate, selling companies to American Express. He bought the Bulls for $16 million in 1985. The Bulls are now worth $3.2 billion. He's made a ton on the White Sox. He's just a straight moneymaker.
0: Yeah, well, he he made his money much like the Steinbrenners. Like, you make the money actually in the sport, um, which yeah. is kind of cool. Uh, Bob yeah, Castellini. Bob Castellini is actually the bottom of the barrel here. Broke as hell. Uh, <laughs> he is worth $400 million. That peasant, Dude. again, an heir to a produce wholesaler company founded by Grandpa Castellini. Uh, so, Bob, it makes sense if the Reds don't want to spend much money. I get it.
1: Minnesota Twins are owned by Jim Pollard or the Pollard family worth $3.8 billion. Someone with almost $4 billion owns the Minnesota Twins. And they bought them in in 1984 for $44 million, now worth $1.3 billion. So Jim Pollard, he took over as the team CEO after his father, Carl, died back in 2009. And now what they do is they own more than 30 diversified Minnesota-based businesses that they got from their father, who was a self-made billionaire um, who launched a bunch of financial banking firms in the 1950s. They got old money, and they got new money, and they just got plenty of it.
0: Just a reminder that these are the people that Rob Manfred works for. uh, And and these are the people that are crying, woe is me, because they have to spend money. Um, it's the tough. Brewers it's t- well it's it awkward, shouldn't be man. tough
1: I just think the funniest part about this is how the players are trying to descend de um, uh what was I gonna say
0: de-incentivize something.
1: tanking Tank. D- they de tanking and yet we can't have just some sort of floor
0: I mean it, it, the floor is tough uh but i'd like the draft lottery to de-incentivize tanking uh but i digress the brewers are owned by mark adonacio who is the founder of crescent capital group which controls over 26 billion dollars in assets at the moment per yahoo finance mark adonacio himself is valued at 700 million dollars
1: you got some poor boys on your list i got a bunch of rich dudes yeah um John Sherman owns the Royals, uh, but he bought them in 2019, kind of recently, at one for one billion dollars. But he's worth a cool 1.25 billion. But now the current valuation of the Royals 1.1 billion, so he made about hundred million dollars in two years, or at least the uh, the Royals did. He is the founder and CEO of Energy LP and Energy Mainstream. Um, They merged with other holdings, other huge companies, and now their net worth of that company is currently $9
0: billion. You notice how everybody just wants to get right back into sports? Like they go do boring shit, make a ton of money, and then they hop back right into sports.
1: And then they complain that the sports team is not making as much money as their private equity firm that makes 500% every day
0: whatever. Uh, The Cardinals are owned by William DeWitt, Bill DeWitt. He founded the investment firm Reynolds, DeWitt & Company. MLB Trade Rumors founded the value of the DeWitt family at $4 billion. By the way, the DeWitts also own a shit ton of Arby's franchises. So when you you think we have the meats, we also have the dough.
1: We have the meats.
0: Yeah. Bump, bump. Do you like Arby's? No. I, haven't, been had Arby's. I yeah. haven't had it since I was like nine.
1: I had it once and I think I liked it, but I never went back. I, I think I, I remember liking it.
0: Come out to the Midwest. We've got enough Arby's.
1: No, I'm good. Tigers. I'm just kidding. I love the Midwest, but I, that's more of a, I don't want to go yeah. to another Arby's. Yeah. No,
0: pause here. Quick pause before you get to the Tigers. You hear how quickly he shot down coming to visit his friend and co-host Jack in the Midwest.
1: I shot down the going to Arby's again. That's what I shot down. I want to make that clear for the record. Okay. The Tigers are owned by Illich Holdings, worth $3.8 billion. They bought it in 1992. They bought the Tigers for $82 million. And now the current evaluation is $1.25 billion. So Mike and Marion Illich, guess who they founded? Little Caesars Pizza back in 1959. But Mike, unfortunately, passed away in 2017. But his wife still owns the chain, which generates $4 billion in sales. And guess what? The family also owns the Red Wings. So that's pretty cool, too. Uh,
0: You ever had Little Caesars?
1: Yes. Also not bad.
0: Is it not bad? I don't think I've don't, ever had Little Caesars, bad. actually.
1: I don't think it's that bad. I mean, I it's, it's not good.
0: Sense. It's not bad. Yeah, the, con- like the it's commercials not- are great. I would say it's... Have you ever had a Pizza Hut? Yeah. Step below. Step below. Yeah. Are Domino's and Papa John's better than Pizza Hut? Papa John's, I think, is the worst. I disagree with you. I think Papa John's is fine.
1: The dough is so bad. It's so like, ugh.
0: I listen, I mean, I'm all for supporting your mom and your mom and pop pizza joints. And Do that instead. Yeah, actually,
1: though. Yeah, never go to those. Especially in New York City, I'm never going to those.
0: Also, Joe's Pizza, Gas in New York.
1: <sighs> Joe's, Prince Street, Johnson Bleeker. Sauce Pizza is another one that I've been going to lately that I think is actually better than all of them. Okay. There's a lot of good pizza places in New York City. And okay. as you can hear the siren, as I'm talking about pizza places in New York City, it's very fun.
0: Yeah, uh, I am team Lumelnati's Natis Giordano's. Uh, and Pequod's, Pequod's is the goat of deep dish pizza in Chicago. When I was
1: in Chicago, deep dish was freaking
0: awesome. Yeah. I was and a like, big fan. It's not fair to compare New York and deep dish pizza because deep Completely dish different. is, it's a bready lasagna. Like it's yes. not really a pizza. It's more of like a pasta dish if we're being honest. It's a different food. Um, it's a different food. But like if I had to pick one deep dish or New York pizza as a Chicagoan, I have to pick deep dish. But uh, Promonti Bros is the spot in Pittsburgh, and Bob Nutting owns the Pittsburgh Pirates. He's got a funny last name. He is also the president and CEO of Ogden Newspapers. Oh no, he is the fourth generation president and CEO of Ogden Newspapers. Family money is just this common trend here. Uh, the Nutting family also owns several ski resorts in Pennsylvania. Bob Nutting has a net worth of 1.1 billion dollars.
1: Ah, good for the nuttings. Well, the Guardians are owned by the Dolan family, who are worth four point six billion dollars, and, and they, they don't spend the, money. And they don't spend money. They bought the Guardians for three hundred twenty-three million dollars back in two thousand. Guess what it's worth now? One point one five billion. So the head of the family, Charles Dolan, um, he was a television pioneer who founded Cablevision on Long Island. But he sold that company in 2016. Guess how much, Jack? Uh, a lot, seventeen point seven billion. Yeah. Imagine selling a freaking company for eighteen billion dollars. Just give it like two more years. You <laughs> make like a billion a year for the next eighteen years. Correct. That's or how that can math take it works. all at
0: once and buy so many Xboxes.
1: You no, know, buy a team and then don't spend.
0: Bro, oh. <laughs> that was my favorite thing as like a 12 year old. Like I hear just a ludicrous amount of money. Like somebody signs for $10 million. Like think about how many Xboxes you could buy with that. Like one for every many
1: Chipotle burritos. Like how many added <laughs> right. times you can ask for guac. Like a right. trillion.
0: Yeah. The, the easier division there is when somebody signs like a $400 million deal. You just think about how many things they could buy at the dollar store. And the answer is 400 million different things.
1: Did you hear something about the dollar store though? I think they're raising prices.
0: That's bullshit. I think it's true. That's, also, did no. you check
1: out the Neuralink thing after we uh
0: Oh no, 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 I gotta do that. I gotta do I have that. have to okay. check out Neuralink. Neuralink. Elon Musk Neuralink. Got it. Uh let's move on to the West. Starting in the NL West, the Dodgers are owned by Guggenheim Baseball Management and were led by Mark Walter who is the CEO of Guggenheim Partners, which is a privately held global financial services firm. Mark Walter is valued at $4.4 billion. Uh, They also have other people. Stan Kasten is another investor, Magic Johnson, a notable investor. They bought the team in 2012 for $2.15 billion. And the Dodgers are not afraid to spend their money.
1: They aren't. Guggenheim, I like Guggenheim. Good it just sounds like money, mm-hmm. doesn't it?
0: It sounds like an underbite in a British accent.
1: It does, sort of. The Angels are owned by artero Moreno, worth three point six billion. He's the owner of the Angels, which he bought in two thousand and three for one hundred and eighty-four billion. They're now worth two billion dollars. His initial fortune came from billboard advertising company Outdoor Systems, which he sold to Infinity Broadcasting in 1999, in 1999, for $8.7 billion. 1999, that was worth $9 billion.
0: Who gives a shit with billboards?
1: Billboards, billboards
0: were guess. king in the 2000s. Yeah,
1: 1999, the billboard bubble. <laughs> Yeah, they they love billboards are like Ethereum or like NFTs,
0: but (laughs) the billboard boon. Yeah. Um, the Padres are owned by Ron Fowler, who is the chairman and CEO of Liquid Investments, which is a beer distributorship that dealt out Miller, Coors, Heineken, among others. He's worth 500 million dollars. Also, fun fact which I didn't know Ray Kroc, who is the founder of McDonald's, was the owner of the Padres for 10 years. In the 70s and 80s before selling the team had no clue interesting Mm
1: -hmm. astros are owned by jim crane worth 1.4 billion and crane led an investment group to buy the astros for 615 million back in 2011 and they also bought that minority stake in the regional sports network for the houston astros and their current evaluation is 1.85 billion had crane make his money pocketed about 300 million when he sold to his freight logistics firm eagle global Sweet. logistics Sweet. To, yeah to apollo global management in 2007 and then he launched another logistics business crane worldwide in 2008 their annual revenue was 900 million
0: jesus We can't even explain this stuff. This is why we stick to baseball here.
1: I know. (laughs) just like, what are all these holdings and firms and they're all worth a billion dollars. What are they
0: holding? Big words. I can hold stuff. If you want me to hold hold stuff for you. I got got hands. hands. You know what? I've got pockets too. I can, I can wear a hoodie with pockets. I can, you know what? I'd go back to cargo (laughs) pants. If you give me a billion dollars worth of stuff to hold. Um, Charles Johnson is the principal owner of the San Francisco Giants. He is the son of Rupert Johnson, who founded Franklin Templeton Investments. Charles Johnson is super hands-off. You wouldn't know that he was the owner of the Giants if, without doing, you know, some relatively deep digging. But his $5.8 billion net worth is pretty solid to work with. I guess it makes sense, right, if you live in the Bay Area?
1: He's probably been a very good owner. Yeah. But he's Tons holding of all of chips. our money. But he's holding all of it near and dear to his heart. Have I talked about the athletics yet? Because John Fisher owns them. $2.6 billion, John Fisher is worth. And he bought them back in 2005 for $180 million. And you might think, Moneyball, no way the athletics are worth that much. Oh, well, they are $1.1 billion. Guess where John Fisher is from? He's the youngest of the Gap. He's the youngest son of the Gap founders. You know Gap. Where we're gonna get all those cargo pants? Yeah. He's also the founding partner of this investment firm called Sandstone Partners, and he sits on the board of Silicon School Funds. He is a money maker, and but he doesn't want to spend it on A's because that would be crazy for him to spend it on his own team. Are you kidding me? You <laughs> say what he's a, a money maker,
0: bill- you said that a billionaire is a money maker.
1: Yeah, but he just feels like a money maker.
0: Yeah, correct uh these guys
1: (laughs) yeah you go i was gonna say these all all these guys are but i don't know fisher fisher seems fishy
0: uh i see what you did there ken kendrick owns the arizona diamondbacks kendrick founded DataTel, which was a sophomore development company which is now defunct his net worth is estimated at 600 million big ones
1: so many poor dudes because john stanton the owner of the mariners is worth 1.1 billion and he bought it for $1.2 billion in 2016, but it has increased $400 million since then and is now worth $1.6 billion. He's the chairman of Trilogy International Partners. Uh, they specialize in wireless investment and own a bunch of wireless telecommunications companies in New Zealand and Bolivia. Just, <laughs> God, what is he doing? Why is he owning
0: companies in New Zealand and Bolivia and owning the Mariners? Just, he's got money all over the world money all over the world Uh, last one from me dick monfort is the owner of the colorado rockies he and his brother charlie monfort are the primary owners father kenneth owned a meat packing and distributing company that was acquired by conagra foods la times estimates his net worth at 700 million dollars so before i hand it over to you i propose that the pirates and rockies get together form a mega team worth 1.8 billion dollars and you just combine their names to be Dick Nutting,
1: just Dick Nutting. Dick, and Nutting. even at one point eight billion, I'm looking through all the other teams. Like that would just make them kind of the White Sox, <laughs> like right? Dick Nutting,
0: Dick Mong, who was Dick that- Montfort and Bob Nutting, can make. Who Dick was Nutting. our
1: um? We had a pitcher, Dick Walkton. Over there for the Cardinals. Yeah, Remember Dick yeah, yeah. Walkton? Yeah, I do. We have we have Dick Nutting and Dick Walkton now. Yeah. I like it. Who we got left? Rangers. Yeah, Rangers. All right. Co-chairman, co-chairman's Ray C. Davis and Bob R. Simpson, but Davis is the big moneymaker, worth about $2 billion. So they bought the Texas Rangers back in 2010 for $593 million. It's gone up a lot. They're now worth $1.75 Texas Rangers, $1.75 So what did Davis do? He founded Energy Transfer, which is a pipeline company and a gas distributor in 1995. But he sold to ExxonMobil in
0: 2010. Is this how much he sold the company for, Jack? A lot. ExxonMobil in 2010, let's say $30 billion.
1: How about $41 billion? Then he just spent six hundred million on the Rangers, turned that into one point seven five billion in ten years.
0: That works.
1: Makes sense why they signed Corey Seeger and Marcus Semien, but will yeah. they get priced out of other free agents? <laughs>
0: <laughs> like I don't know. They should be willing to pay the luxury tax. Hey, if you didn't know uh, who to blame for the holdup, now you know, and you have names to attach to. The owners, you don't have to say, oh, the owners suck. Now you can say, Dick Monfort, you suck. Bob Nutting, Nutting, you you suck. suck. Dick Nutting, you suck. I mean, Mark Walter, like, I'm not going to blame him because he actually spends it. But, I mean, you look at, who's the notorious, like, penny pinchers here? I mean, Atlanta, how about Liberty Media? You look at them and, like, what are you doing right now, phasing out Freddie?
1: I mean, the Tigers, they on the Red Wings – they're worth 4 billion dollars. They bought them for 82 million. They don't spend much.
0: Yeah. All right, I mean, so now else? you know who to blame. I and
1: mean, the Orioles guys worth 2 billion dollars. He's oh, made please. about a he's made about a billion dollars off of just his team or just owning the team. And not to say that he makes a billion dollars. That's just the worth of the franchise. Obviously it's distributed through other so he's not actually making like let's say they bought it for a hundred billion or a hundred million. It's now worth 1 billion. They didn't actually make 900 million, but they're still making tons and tons of money off their team when they're claiming that it's not a good investment, which is just horseshit.
0: Total horseshit. I agree. Um, Any more thoughts of the owners before I give you my niche over-unders?
1: I'm happy that John Henry is, because he's a good owner. I'm happy that he's getting involved in the in the discussions because it was Dick Montfort head head in it, and like he gave the Cardinals fifty million dollars to take Nolan Arenado. So yeah, I don't want actually. Do we want him as a player's first guy? Um, (laughs) like, do you think if they bring in Arenado, just be like, come on, man, and he's like, all right, I think for you, Nolan.
0: Yeah, he might have a crush on Arenado. Like that might be why he did that.
1: Let's sit at the table, Dick Monfort versus Nolan Arenado. They figure it out. They figure out the CBK. The
0: the players would win in about seven minutes.
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) That would be good. All right, Uh, three niche over-unders before we wrap. I've got them. I'm going to throw them your way. Let's do it. First one. In the first week of the season, over-under three and a half times, we get the notification blast from MLB at bat. That so and so is through five no hit innings. We get that all the frickin' time. Three and a half through the first week. I'll under. keep tabs.
1: First week, under. Under. I think over. You know why I think under? Why? I think there's gonna be some offense early. I think they're gonna implement the new juice ball. And I think it's gonna be, I think there's gonna be bombs away first week. Like I am I'm, I'm you know, I'm going out on a limb and, and really thinking that MLB's gonna do that. Like I'm gonna be betting some overs. You can hear that on not gambling advice, of course, on our TikTok at just baseball fans and on Twitter at just BB Media. That's I, I so I'm gonna go under. I think the juice ball is coming in.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna go over for almost the exact opposite reasoning. I think okay. that um what what we have seen traditionally is early season pitching reign supreme and then the bats figure it out. Um, especially now. Major League Baseball players have not had organized live at-bats at their spring training complex. They won't have them for the next week, week and a half. So I think the hitters are going to be more behind the eight ball because pitchers have been throwing bullpens all season long. Have they seen all off-season long? Have they seen you know hitters? Have they seen 98, 99 consistently? The answer is probably no, unless you go down to Eric Cressy's pad and do some of those sim games. But you uh, know so they're think-
1: all – you know they're all training, though. I mean, come on. You they're think they're training. Just not going see 98 until opening day?
0: No, no, no. I, they're all training. I just don't see – I don't think they're seeing consistently good, like, all-star level starting pitching right now in sim games until they get to spring training. I think it's going to take gonna, a ramp-up process. We're
1: going to track this one. This is a good bet. I like yeah, this one.
0: Absolutely. I, I'm just going to track – like, how about you track the number of games that go over the first week and yeah. we'll compare it to over-under. I think more games go under than over.
1: Okay. All right, I think more games go over, but we'll see. That's a good one.
0: Okay, all right, Uh, second one. Over, under, one and a half balls in play this year over 120 miles an hour. Last year, Giancarlo Stanton put the only ball in play over 120 at 122.2. Machado, Judge, and Otani each hit one at 119. There have been four balls hit total, 120 plus, since StatCast started tracking in 2015. Three of the four have been hit by Giancarlo Stanton. The other one by Aaron Judge back in 2017. Over under one and a half balls put in play that are hit over 120 miles an hour.
1: It's a great question. Similar to what my last point, I think the ball is going to be a little bit juiced. I'm going to go over, but I'm just trying to think who would be that guy to get the over besides Giancarlo Stanton. Because you mentioned Aaron Judge, you mentioned Shohei Otani, you mentioned Manny Machado, another guy. O'Neal Cruz of the Pittsburgh Pirates hasn't really played much in the big leagues yet. We saw a short glimpse of him last year and he was on those exit velo leaderboards. If we're talking the minors and the majors, he had more balls over, I think 117 miles an hour than Shohei Otani. So he's another guy who could possibly get it six, seven shortstop, something we've never seen before. Crazy raw power. Maybe he gets one. We got another guy who has a possibility. I'm going to go over, but I don't think it's more than two. I think that's a good line.
0: So over under one and a half. I will also say over. I think Stanton gets one. And then I think one of either Pete Alonzo or Vladdy Jr. hit one.
1: I think it's a good one. Those guys could also definitely get it.
0: Last one for me. Over under two and a half pitchers ejected from a game this year for using a foreign substance. Two and a half is the line. Hector Santiago and Caleb Smith were the only two ejected last year.
1: You know, I'd be surprised. I'm going to go under. I think they've either learned their lesson or learned ways to get around it. You know what I'm saying? I would be surprised if over two and a half guys. I wouldn't be surprised if one, maybe two. But honestly, if you gave me one and a half, I still might go under. I think maybe one. But I think they've either learned how to pitch without it or they've learned how to cheat and not get caught.
0: I'll say over, I'll say over two and a half, because I think a lot of guys just spent the entire off season trying to concoct something that goes undetectable or is very discreet. And I mean, we've talked about it. Like, I don't think these guys are, are the biggest brainiacs in the world. Um, no, you know what I think is
1: going to happen? No, because they're, they're smarter than you might think they are. And I think that they they will figure something out. MLB will figure it out about midseason, then start an additional crackdown, and then they'll hide it again. They'll just start a process again.
0: We'll see. Well, I'm actually going to take over two and a half. Okay.
1: I like that. Oh, we'll track that one, too. This is a good That's
0: one.
1: A... That's all I got for me. you.
0: That's, That's for all me. I got for you. That's all I got, got for you.
1: I mean, what's up?
0: you know what okay you plugged all the socials in the middle of the show you plugged the pods you plugged boys of spring uh, for all your college baseball coverage up with the call up uh not gambling advice um what else if you haven't seen the sonic attack video uh that we put in the episode description from yesterday's episode the phillies gm episode i would highly recommend going to watch that it's about 30 minutes it's a 60 minutes package but i would uh I would highly recommend taking the time because it is mind-blowing and it freaks the shit out of me. And with that, thank you, everybody.